Welcome everyone to this live broadcast of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with host Lou Wise, who's the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. He's also the president of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for open die forgings or seamless rolled rings like the gears behind me, go to steelforge.com. Joining us is Tim Fiore. He is the committee chair of the Manufacturing Report on Business that is published on the first business day of every month by the Institute for Supply Management. We're going to be talking with Tim about this latest report, which looks excellent, and the semi-annual survey of the ISM. Tim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, good to be here with you guys. Good to see you. Great report. Great report. I don't know. You know, when things are good, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, hey, look, we got a lot coming at us. And we continue to succeed in moving forward. I mean, I think this, the story here in the report is that we're making slow but steady progress on the input side. Input side meaning supplier deliveries are getting slightly better, but just a little bit better. Uh, and on the pricing side, we're seeing some uh, amount of price relief, not a big amount, but some amount. Uh, you know, we still struggle with labor. <clears throat> That's been the biggest issue. Remains the biggest issue. You'll see in the report that it actually contracted again in the, in the month of May, which is a concern. But it also, uh, according to the panelists' comments, our ability to hire is improving. The problem is, is that people are quitting at a faster rate. I think there was a number released recently that said 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in April, I think it was. So it's like, wow. And that's, that's a record number. And I think the month in March was a record number, 4.2 or 4.3. So there's a huge amount of turnover happening. And you, know, you wonder about the productivity in the factory floor. Uh, if you take four to five months of this heavy turnover and you make the assumption there's 155, 160 million working Americans, I mean, you start to see numbers of like 20, 25% of people changing jobs. That's a huge impact, uh, especially in the manufacturing sector where, you know, there's a level of skill uh, in most of these areas that's required to do it effectively, efficiently and without quality defects. So, so yeah, good story. Do so you want to talk about the report? Sure, but I just want to make one comment. Sure. All of this quitting is good for the robotics industry, which is in the midst of a huge <laughs> boom. Well, yeah, they probably got two-year lead times. Say that again? They probably have two-year lead times. Probably. Yeah. Probably. yeah. <laughs> Our lead times are at records, and uh, capital equipment are definitely at records, and I would expect that robots would be at records. Record lead time, as well as delivery issues, because there's a lot of computer chips in there. A lot of chips. Right, right. All right, so let me, let, me show you, uh, let me show you what I got here. Hold on a sec. All right, let me see here. Let's share a screen. Let's try that. All right. Ah, here we go. Okay, you guys seeing that? We are yes. now. All right, let me pump it up here. Uh, this, yeah. All right, seeing that? Okay, let me get my laser. All right, here we go. This so, is April. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. It's actually May. All right, ah, my title. Okay. Wrong. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, okay, so I track this thing by demand, consumption, and inputs, as you know, and I group <laughs> the ten sub-indexes into those three categories, and I look at all three, and I'm you know I make I make a, an assessment based on what's happening within all three. So. As I've said many times, without demand, you can do very little. 
And if you have demand, then everything else is a challenge. So PMI came in at 56.1, up 0.7. We're growing at a faster rate, 24 months. Now, two years of the PMI and expansion territory, really good. Typical expansion is 34 to 36 months. This one should not be typical. This should be longer because we've been constrained at peaking because of the supply input. So, uh, you know, let's just leave that there. Uh, on the demand side, new orders came back uh, 1.6 points up from, uh, from April. Seasonal adjustment factors had less of an impact this month than it did in, in April. In April, it took four points off the raw number. And in May, it took about two points off. So there's a, an element there. I, right now, I'm not a big seasonal factor person unless you're looking at output numbers. So, but okay, we're, we're, we're strong, 55.1 is a strong number. Weak at new export orders, no surprise. You know, Europe has got a war going on on the Eastern side. China has been shut down for two months. Uh, this is not helping us much. Uh, when it does convert, especially on the China side, that should help the new order number. Uh, uh, customer inventories, you know, came down almost five. Uh, again, more empty share shelves. This is way too low. Uh, I think we're 40 months or something at below 40. So huge amount of inventory potential there in the future to, for panelists to build to. And then, you know, the, the really sweet number here is the fact that we came close to 59 on backlog. So demand was definitely there, new demand. Uh, weren't able to satisfy all of it. Backlog grew, shelves are still empty. So let's go to the input side. So supplier deliveries got a little bit better, uh, came down 1.5 points. Uh, manufacturing inventory grew like I predicted that it would. And that's a pretty healthy number, uh, given the, the fact that we're uh, mid-month of a quarter close. Prices came off almost three, which is uh, positive, I think, for, for, uh, for future demand. I think uh, elevated prices, uh, obviously, people feel that there's demand destruction. We're not really at that point. And if they're moving towards the, uh, the downside, that's a positive thing. Imports, big story here, uh, 49. And, and that's clearly because we're not able to get the sailings out of China or get the product to the ports and get those uh, ships to our ports to import. So you can see it right here. It's already happening, uh, no doubt about it, but we're just at the beginning and it's gonna get worse. So the story here again is on the conversion style consumption. Production grew, uh, not very quickly, but it grew a little bit and employment did not. So we've been hovering here around stable employment levels now for two or three months. It's concerning. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about employment comments. So we still had 10 to one companies hiring versus a trading to the right headcount level or layoffs. Very few comments around that. We had 10 companies to every one company hiring. It turned out to be somewhere around 88% of my comments in employment were hiring comments. So we're still hiring, which, you know, people aren't going to hire unless the demand is there. They're not, they're going to slow down. They're going to, so uh, we still had 30% of the respondents claiming difficulty in hiring down from 34. Um, we still had a 30% turnover rate down from 32. So we're still having people quit. We had 7% improvement versus April in terms of being able to hire people up from 1% in uh, April to March. But the issue is that it's just, you have five when you start the week, you hire five, but three more have quit. So that's the real challenge on the labor side. Headline comments, 17% uh, headline comments. We're still concerned about labor at the panelist companies as well as their suppliers. That's up from 13% in April. Uh, and on the supplier delivery side, supplier labor, there seems to be some improvement. Think, you know, uh, mid 20% comments in supplier delivery were supplier labor related. We're now down to 17. 
So, so you know, overall, we're still struggling on the labor side. Prices are easing off a little bit. Suppliers are getting a little bit better. Uh, you can see on the right-hand side here, most of the comments that just passed on. Uh, I will add one thing here, is that there was some indication from some industry sectors that they saw some softening. Now remember, we're still at record capital lead times and record raw material lead times. So, and most of our panelists order books are stuffed. They're probably two to three X what they normally are. So softening means that they're not seeing as many orders coming in way out in the future. Uh, dug a little deeper into that and it, it looks like it's primarily non-metallic materials industry sector, chemical products, as well as fabricated metal products. You know, those feed into building products in a big way. And, and so you may be seeing a slowdown and you guys have seen the lumber prices have collapsed. So, you know, and, and when interest rates go up, they're, you know, they're targeting two things. They're, they're outside of corporate debt and things like that. They're targeting the housing market and they're targeting the car purchases. So you're not gonna see any change in car purchases because we've been waiting way too long for that new shiny car. But you could see a slowdown in renovations and new home construction as industry as interest rates continue to grow, and that may be what we're starting to see here in some of those industry sectors. So, so let me pause there for uh, some discussion. Uh, one point that uh, I'd like to bring up is just before we started the show, uh, Jim, the uh, numbers that you gave us of people that are quitting uh, over the last two months. That there is some four four point something million uh, quit in uh, in May and four point something in April. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, and, and, and annualize that. That's half the workforce. Right, and you don't have that many more coming in. <laughs> so you're you're operating every month on a on a deficit employment status. Well, think about what that means to productivity and yeah. think about what it means to quality. Right. You know, and, and, you know, that quality issue doesn't really show up uh, for some period of time in the future. The productivity issue you see right away. And, and you know, therein may be some of our uh, inability to see that production number really expand because they just can't get the productivity out of the workforce that they don't have, as, they don't have the headcount and the headcount they do have isn't as productive as what it was nine months ago. So Tim, overall, it looks like, as you said, this is the 24th month of an expansion. I'm really hoping you're right that this should go longer than 34 to 36 months due to the pent up demand. Yeah, yeah, I, I usually have my chart. I thought I had my chart on here. I probably can grab it from another deck when, before we talk about the forecast. But here, here's the demand. So here's my positive comments for demand as, as a percent. And here's my concerns. So you can see, you know, since we came out of the pandemic, it's been really strong. The, the, the demand comments are declining a little bit because they've been spending all their time talking about supply chain delivery issues and prices. And that, that's really why this is falling off. It's not because there's, uh, there's really any change in their perspective going forward. It's just that the, the top of mind stuff is deliveries and prices. Here's, here's the labor issues, the higher to fire ratio. This is what it's been looking like, you know, back to August of 21. Uh, difficulty in hiring. Here's the numbers I, I gave you uh, over uh, the last couple of minutes. Here it is on the bar graph. It's getting a little bit better. The quits level a little bit better, but uh, it, you know we're not seeing it in an absolute employment growth on the factory floor. 
And, you know, we're seeing a seesaw here. Look at January just before Omicron. And then here's Omicron. And then, you know, we jump back up in March, uh, improvement conditions and hiring. And didn't, and we struggle again in April. And now we're, you know, we're back at, uh, at, at May. So uh, still labor is a big issue. I think that's it. Uh, Tim, we were talking about uh, uh, labor and so on uh, and Shanghai and the boats. Uh, have you heard anything further about the longshoremen in, on the West Coast in terms of their negotiating a contract? Because if all those, if, if China picks up and starts exporting more, you're going to have a bridge of boats going across the entire Pacific, all waiting in line to get into Long Beach. Yeah, so uh, we had 13% of our respondents saying they're experiencing problems now, uh, and they expect it to get worse. 15% uh, we had in the month of April, so we're at a very high level. That's Those are headline comments, so that's my top-level comments. Real concern, <laughs> and uh, haven't heard anything about the, the progress on the talks, but I'm not optimistic. Uh, and, and, you know, and the fact that our import number contracted, so we're already seeing it. And, and I think the, uh, I mean, Shanghai is just now really opening. Now the port, I don't think it was completely closed, but it was nowhere right. near its, its output. And uh, those ships really haven't sailed. I'm, you know, I'm watching the, the port, the port puts out a chart of ships offshore waiting right. and, uh, and it, it did, it declined and it's now starting to grow, but I think it's like 30 right now. I, I'm guessing we're going to hit 90 before we hit August. Uh, Tim, the name of the uh, website, Marine, what? Oh, <laughs> it, shows every, it shows every boat in every ocean in the world. And if you have your boat number, you can even find your boat. Yes. Marine. Let me show you what I, well, this is what the one I'm watching. Let's see here. You need a pointer for this. It's just too complicated. They make this really complicated, but it's really easy. So, you know, back in January, we had 109, you know, 109 vessels offshore uh, Long Beach, Los Angeles, waiting to berth, 109. So, you know, we're currently sitting at 30. So you can see the on the right-hand side, I put the numbers down. We're, we're currently sitting at 30, and you see it's joggling a little bit. But, you know, they just really reopened China. So... All these ships that should have been here and gone are, you know, sitting off of China, empty containers. You got to figure that they haven't been able to really transport goods from the factories in China to the port very efficiently. They've run out of containers for sure. They're all sitting on those those ships offshore of China. I don't have the China chart, but I'm sure it's well. I don't know. It's China data, so I'm not going to say say anything. But they're all going to start sailing this way. And I would expect this number to get up into the 80s. You know, by the end of August, and that's going to be a problem. Now, it's not a problem for demand. You know, it's a it's a problem for supply delivery. So our supply delivery number is going to jump up again, probably into the high 80s, if not uh, low 90s. Uh, it's going to be a problem for the transportation networks because there's going to be a ton of disruption, and it'll impact transportation costs because you know the the, the highest price will will find its way, uh, but it, it shouldn't really impact uh, raw material input prices because that's not the issue here. The issue is just getting your hands on what you need. And eventually it will get resolved, but you know, you got the holiday season, the back to school season coming too. You got, like you said, you got that longshoreman negotiation, which 
will probably at least impact the slowdown for a month. Uh, so I, I'm not predicting North American supply chain transportation networks to really get anywhere near normal until the Lunar New Year of 2023. So we're still sitting here with nine months worth of transportation chaos, which, you know, it's going to cause challenges. It's, it keeps a lot of people employed. And the point that, yes, you, and the point that you brought up about uh, the economic cycle to go 36 months, we're only at 24. So business is going to continue to grow, which means you still have logistical issues for the next year. And that's without the longshoreman strike or negotiation. Yeah. yeah. So you know, here's the yeah, here's the chart I was looking for. So here's the cycles. You know, we're in cycle number six. This was the Obama Trump cycle number five, which was a pretty high quality one. It ran out of steam in 2019 before the pandemic. I've I've told your listeners that before. Pandemic, you know, dropped us into a deep dive here, but we were already contracting before that. So you can see what's happening here on the right hand side, uh, the highest level of over 60 in 20 years we've we run. That's you know dramatic expansion month over month for the better part of a year. You can see the last expansion before that, Trump Obama didn't spend much time over 60 at all, but did spend a lot of time in that high 50 range. And then the last time we saw an over 60 was way back in the China super cycle here. Uh, and again, that area between the curve and the line is much, much smaller than what we saw over here. So now, now we're dancing around in the, in, the, uh, in the mid 50s, which is good. I mean, it, it's really good. Uh, and I, I don't see why that's gonna change. I don't think that interest rates are gonna you know, collapse the building industry overnight. I don't think it would be wise to even, uh, you know that the Fed is trying to, to navigate a soft landing. They're still like 30,000 feet up. Uh, we're not, you know, not at the point where they got to touch the wheels. And, and I really don't think that that's going to happen until 2023. So, uh, so yeah, this is a great expansion. So you want to move to the forecast? We've got what? Let's five do minutes. it. Let's I'm do it. Left. Go for it. All right. Forecast update. Okay. So first off, uh, revenues. So what, you know, we, we take the four for your, your, uh, your watchers. We take a forecast in December. In December, we look at the, that year's performance. We do an actual reported, and we look at the we make a prediction for the following year, and we do that over a number of different categories, about twenty. And then in May of that following year, we do a checkup on some of them, and it's about six or seven. So this is the checkup period on some of them, and it's the ones that are the most important. So one of them is manufacturing revenue. So let's let's talk about. Uh, and let's talk about how this is running. And I'm showing you all these numbers because I really want to take it from the beginning of growth after the pandemic to where we are today, which is, you know, a couple of years. So uh, we, we believed that in December 20, which is a pandemic year for 2021, we'd see a 6.9% revenue growth for manufacturing. So we're pretty optimistic. I mean, inflation was very low back then. Uh, by the time we got to May, we felt we'd be 7.2%. Uh, when we got to December and we looked back at 2021, we predicted we saw 14% revenue growth. Uh, we also thought that, well, we reported that we saw 14% revenue growth. And we also predicted that 2022 would see a 6.5% growth. We're now believing that it's going to be a 9.2% growth. Uh, now, obviously, some of that is inflation, you know, but 
Uh, I mean, we're not flat. We're not down. We're still up. So we're. It feels that way for sure. There doesn't. You know, the, the companies I talk to are performing better in 22 than in 21, but not to the extent that they really wanted to. So, so that's the revenue side. So let's move on now to production capacity. So in December of 2020, we predicted that 2021 would see a growth of 5.3. By May, we thought it would be 6.6. By December, we, we missed that forecast, only 3.5% expansion of capacity, primarily because of labor and CapEx. Uh, but we predicted for 2022, we'd see a 6.8%. Now we're thinking 5.8. And again, it's because of constraints on capital, uh, CapEx, getting equipment, long lead times, and, and staffing the facilities up so they can perform. So that's where we are in production capacity. CapEx, uh, an important number. In December 2020, we felt 2020, this is really interesting, we felt 2021 we only see a 2.4% growth in CapEx compared to 2020. Wow. By the time we got to May, 8.7. Uh, when we got to December, we believe that we actually said we spent 12.1% more. And that's not really inflation driven. There was some inflation at the end of last year for sure, but not to the extent that we're kind of seeing now. So there, there's probably a growth in real terms, as well as some amount of growth here in uh, you know, the cost of the dollar. And we predicted for 2022, we see a 7.7% growth for 2022. And now in May, we're thinking of 7.4. So we're kind of on par with what we thought in December, uh, even though we've seen inflation. And, uh, and this is probably a result of ever extending CapEx lead times. You just, you just, it's just what you thought would take you nine months before it's taken you a year and a half. So that's probably what this is. Operating rate. This is an interesting story too, because we actually don't believe we're operating at the same level as we have in the past. And, and this is a function of inefficiencies in the supply chain as we talk about productivity of employees. So in May of 2020, this is right after everybody went home, we were at 76%. Uh, in December, we were at 85.7. Thought we were running pretty well. By the time we hit May of last year, a year ago, 88.3. December, 88.7, really high levels. We now think we're at 87.2, off about a point, point and a half. So, and that's, that's a pure function of, uh, of productivity. And we're just not, we're not able to get there. We're not able to get to the rate. Because remember the, the number, if you're running a full out, it's supposed to be hundred. So we're not able to get there. Uh, employment, another great story here. We predicted in December of 2020 for 2021, we'd see a two and a half percent growth in, in headcount. By the time we hit May, 2.8. So a little bit more optimistic. Uh, in December, looking back at 2021, we actually expanded our headcount 3.3%. And we thought for 2022, we would only see a 1% growth. Now we think we're going to see a 3.2% growth for 2022 compared to 2021. Not sure where they think they're going to find all these people. You know, my guess is that they're optimistic about the second half of the year. Uh, you know, the, the reality is we haven't been able to grow our headcount you know, pretty much. You, you, you know, we are where we are. You, you guys have seen that month to month to month. But okay, I think what this really says is they want and need those people before the year is over. It may not really reflect the reality of the situation and that, that is they really can't get them as, as we close on the year. This is a great one too. This is the, the price number. Uh, okay, so in December, 2020 for 2021, we predicted a 2.9% price growth for compared to December 20 and December of 2021, 12 month, 2.9% price growth. By the time we hit May, that number was now 8.1. Uh, 
uh, when we got to December and we looked back at 2021, we said we saw 14.5% price growth compared to December of 2020, huge amount. Uh, that's probably record. I, and it's as long as I've been doing it for sure. This is, you know, but it, this is probably the biggest number that's been seen since the seventies. We also predicted in 2021 that we see an 8.1% growth by the end of 2022. And I recall, we also predicted that by June of 2022, we'd see 8.4%. So we predicted that we'd see a pretty significant half one price growth and then we'd level off and stay at a pretty high level through the end of the year. So now here looking in May for the end of the year, we now believe that that price growth is gonna grow almost 50% more than what we thought December at 11.1. .1. And then even more importantly though, we still believe that right now we're sitting at 11.4% price growth compared to December, 2021. So the summary on that is that although the size of the increase is bigger, the profile of the increase is still consistent and that the community believes the second half of the year will continue to run at this high rate, but it won't get higher and it won't get lower. Well, if I had my druthers, um, I'd rather have inflation and recession any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's, it's the, I, I agree with you. It's like, okay, would you rather pay more for a gallon of gas or would you rather not have a job? Right. <laughs> it's a simple question, I think. And, but, you know, the media struggles with all that. Right, right. And we're still, you know, we're still sitting here with. Well, Tim, I'm not sure. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say was we're sitting that. here with 1.6, 1.7 trillion dollars of additional savings that hasn't been spent yet. I mean, a bunch of that's being consumed by inflation now, but that's a that's a pretty good cushion to fall back on for a while. And and we're doing a really good job here of overlap, I think, compared to the service sector and Tony's area opening up and manufacturing remains strong and. And we predicted this a year ago that there would be a significant overlap that if services opened up it didn't mean that we would decline on this on the supply side because people want they had money saved up and people want to enjoy themselves and they, they want to improve their quality of life through the purchasing of goods and that's what's going on so and it's going to go on for a while well we don't have to talk much about headwinds we know what they are uh, it's just a matter of weathering the headwinds for the, as you say, the next probably nine months to a year. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still hopeful we're a 42 month cycle here. I, you know, the, the only caveat I have, even with high energy prices, the only caveat I have is if the, if uh, Chairman Powell feels the need to do something drastic, uh, I don't think that that will happen this year. If it happens, it'll be in Q1 of next year. And I think if he feels that need, it's going to be a, you know, huge, it's going to be a, a brick it's going to be a brick wall and and that you know that may stop the fun but okay if that's what they need to do that's what they need to do in the meantime absent of that i think uh, we're in a great position unless of course you're in california at a gas pump trying to get gas for your car well they get paid more anyway over <laughs> they they're used to it they, that's, they that's a highly that's a highly inflationary uh, market anyway it's they just love to spend money and that's that's true that's true <laughs> I don't know, ninety dollars for nothing a like a two. Uh, it's nothing like a two-bedroom, one-bath house on a quarter acre for a million two. <laughs> I, I, will, I will just say that you know my neighbors in Florida, and I'm, I'm in Connecticut now. I will just say that my neighbors in Florida 
We've been commenting about how all we see a whole bunch of California license plates driving around Florida. Now, if you live in California, you're not vacationing in Florida with your car. So it's got to be people leaving California coming to Florida. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, zero state income tax, business friendly environment, you know, uh, reasonable legislation. <laughs> that would be the key. Did you say unreasonable? Re reasonable. <laughs> Oh, reasonable in oh, Florida, wow. not California. I mean, California is always trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. And it's... Well, California is also looking for the big flood in Florida, which they're not going to get in California. So, yeah, but they have their own issues. That's true. Yeah, maybe they're fleeing the fires. Have you seen oh, pictures of Have you seen pictures of late, uh, Lake Mead lately? Yeah, that's a real. That's really concerning. There's yeah. no lake. Yeah, I know it's really concerning. Yeah, Tim? yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a tough one, Tim. We appreciate you joining us and sharing both this uh, report on business for manufacturing and the semi-annual update. And this live episode has been terrific to chat with you. Thanks again for joining us from ISM. Okay, great to be here, guys. Thanks a lot. We you know we got two things in. We got the PMI for May, and we got the forecast update for the rest of the year. Really good. good you job. got more points towards the yellow jacket. That's, I'm, I'm building them up. Hold on to them for me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. While, while you're surfing the web, go to ismworld.org for all of the reports that they generate. And visit us at jacketmediaco.com for this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio and all of our podcasts. Thank you for joining us once again for Manufacturing Talk Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.